Credit Suisse is the exclusive tour sponsor of the New York Philharmonic. The New York Philharmonic this week is generously underwritten by the Kaplan Brothers Fund, the Audrey Love Charitable Foundation, the Philharmonic's corporate-sponsored MetLife Foundation, and by an award from the National Endowment for the Arts on the web at arts.gov. From David Geffen Hall in New York City, it's the New York Philharmonic This Week, the weekly program featuring performances by one of the world's leading orchestras. And this week... He is, without question, I think one of the most important figures in the history of Western civilization, not just in Western music, but, but in, in all of Western art. While he did write, of course, a lot of occasional music, as they say, a lot of music for entertainment, I think when Mozart is writing genuinely dramatic music, and he was, above all, a man of the theater, he has a kind of insight into human character, and the depth uh, and subtlety of that insight is unsurpassed, I think. Jeffrey Kahane performs double duty as soloist and conductor in two of Mozart's piano concertos, number 17 and 20. We'll also hear him conduct the Sinfonia Concertante with Michelle Kim and Rebecca Young as soloists. These performances were featured as part of the orchestra's three-week Magic of Mozart Festival in 2006. We're delighted you've decided to tune in and revisit a little of that magic with us now as Jeffrey Kahane leads the New York Philharmonic. There really isn't, for me, a great deal of stress in terms of combining the two things physically, first of all, because for the most part, with a great orchestra like the New York Philharmonic or any orchestra that has an incredibly high standard of musicianship, I don't have to do a great deal of physical conducting. Artistically, it's another matter because there is a constant sort of division of attention between the focus on the playing, which has to be there, and the awareness of everything that's going on in the orchestra. The ears, I think, I think the biggest challenge is one that you don't see, and that is being able to hear the relationship between everything, the relationship between the solo part and the orchestra, the relationship between the voices in the orchestra, balancing the orchestra, and so on, and having a sense of just what the orchestra needs, and of course figuring out how to elicit the same kind of chamber music spirit from an orchestra that I feel in approaching these pieces. Jeffrey Kahane commenting on the particular demands of leading an orchestra from the piano. In a moment, we'll hear Mr. Kahane do just that in a performance of Mozart's Piano Concerto No. 17. Mozart composed this piece for one of his most talented pupils, Barbara Ployer. By most accounts, the composer perfectly matched the musical material of this piece to the grace and elegance of this particular young woman. We asked Jeffrey Kahane if, in his estimation, there is a detectable difference technically and or artistically in works Mozart composed for individuals other than himself. Honestly, I think if we didn't know that this had been written for a people, I'm not sure that we would necessarily assume that. While it is not as technically challenging, perhaps, as the D minor concerto, 
The truth of the matter is that there isn't a Mozart concerto that's really easy. They're all extraordinarily difficult to play if one approaches them on the level of subtlety and refinement that they demand. Not long after completing this piano concerto, Mozart bought a pet starling that, according to a famous legend, could sing a theme from the finale, albeit with one wrong note. Jeffrey Kahane had a good laugh about this story with our producer, Mark Travis. Actually, Mozart made a notation somewhere where he wrote down the theme with the note that the bird, it was a starling, I think, um, never could quite get right. If there is indeed a light-hearted Papageno-like silliness in the final movement of this work, Mr. Kahane was quick to point out that he finds the middle movement to be one of the most profound musical statements Mozart ever made. From a purely emotional point of view, the slow movement of this concerto is one of, without a doubt, one of the most profound things that he wrote. And uh, if uh, it was written, well, we know it was written for, for this young woman, she must have been a very sensitive interpreter indeed for him to entrust this to her. And now we hear the piano concerto number 17 in G major, K453 by Mozart. From the keyboard, Jeffrey Kahane leads the New York Philharmonic.
That was Jeffrey Kahane leading the New York Philharmonic from the keyboard in Mozart's Piano Concerto No. 17 in G Major, K453. In a moment, Mr. Kahane will return to the stage to perform Mozart's Piano Concerto No. 20 in similar fashion. There is roughly one year that separates the next work on our program, Mozart's Piano Concerto No. 20, from the Concerto No. 17 we just heard. Of all Mozart's works for piano and orchestra, this particular piece really appealed to the sensibilities of the Romantic era, and thus it has never really left the active repertoire. Jeffrey Kahane continues. It was, in fact, the only one, as far as we know, that never really went out of favor and that had a solid place in the repertoire. And one can see why. It is, it is really of a quite different nature than any of the other Mozart concerti. Not better, just different. Um, I think the, the demonic aspect of it would have appealed to the 19th century. And this was the Mozart that they saw as the beginnings of romanticism, if you will, and certainly there's a lot of that in many Mozart concerti. For example, the slow movement of the G major is in some ways more <laughs> romantic in spirit even than the D minor, but the D minor as a whole um, really, I think, embodies the certain demonic quality. It is one of only two concerti that he ever wrote in a minor key, and though it ends in the major, it, both the outer movements are really almost violent in a way and uh, of course it's often commented on that this piece recalls very much the emotional atmosphere of Don Giovanni and is in the same key as the overture and so on. The D minor piano concerto also employs a special musical effect called a Mannheim rocket which is introduced in the finale. Jeffrey Kahane explains the term. Well that's just a fancy word for an arpeggio which is a fancy word for a, for a broken chord. It's just mm. a ascending arpeggio, a, a chord that's broken up, a triad, in this case a minor triad, mm -hmm. and um, Mozart uses it over and over and over again at the, at the beginning of the Rondo theme, wherever it occurs. And with Jeffrey Kahane back on stage now, we'll hear him lead the New York Philharmonic from the keyboard in the Piano Concerto No. 20 in D minor K466 by Mozart.
Piano Concerto No. 20 in D minor K466 by Mozart. Jeffrey Kahane was both soloist and conductor with the New York Philharmonic. Mr. Kahane will be back in the second half of our program to conduct Mozart's Sinfonia Concertante for violin and viola K364. The soloist for the performance will be Philharmonic Assistant Concertmaster Michelle Kim and Associate Principal Viola Rebecca Young. I'm Alec Baldwin, and this is the New York Philharmonic This Week. I think it's one of the most sublime pieces Mozart wrote. He wrote uh, a lot of chamber music, of course, where there are violas in it. There are um, several quintets that have two violas, two violins, two violas and cello. Um, this is, I mean, this is my favorite piece, I think. New York Philharmonic Associate Principal Viola Rebecca Young there with a few words about Mozart's Sinfonia Concertante for Violin and Viola, the final work on this week's program. Joining Ms. Young in the role of soloist is Philharmonic Assistant Concertmaster Michelle Kim. This is really the, only the second time. Of course, I've had solos sitting in the viola section when uh, Cynthia Phelps is not there, um, and something comes up, I have to play it. But to play solo with the orchestra, the other opportunity that I've had in the 20 years that I've been here was the Gubai Dulina piece that was written for myself and for Cindy. That's two violas. So I was the second viola part for that. This is 
really. The first viola part, it's, it's not uh, violin is number one and viola is number two, it's one and one, so this is kind of a, even even more of a, I wouldn't say a challenge, it's, it's very different. It's different, it's a different kind of music making for sure. No one has ever heard that other piece. This one, everybody knows how it goes and, and it, they're just here to because they love the piece and um, are hoping they're gonna get a heartfelt performance. I, uh, Michelle, I was so thrilled to hear that she was doing it. I mean, we have some very many um, strong musical players in this orchestra, but she's um, among my favorites, so I'm really thrilled to be playing with her. Jeffrey Kahane told Symphony Magazine, quote, I have exhorted players and audience alike to listen beyond the surface of the music for the poetry, drama, and philosophy that live in so much of the great symphonic literature. Here he is now to share some of his own thoughts beyond the surface regarding Mozart's K364. I think this ranks for most musicians, certainly any Mozart lover, but I think for many musicians as one of the supreme masterpieces in the, in the literature for string instruments. And the slow movement in particular, we often think of Mozart as, as a composer of primarily light-hearted, jolly music. Um, this movement, the slow movement of the Sinfonia Concertante, I think is one of the real tragic utterances um, in Mozart and one of the most deeply moving and, and heartfelt things that he ever wrote. And the sonority, uh, Mozart loved the viola, he played the viola, and I think the sonority of the viola called forth in combination with the uh, with the violin and with the orchestral sonority, where he uses also, by the way, this very unusual technique of dividing the violas in two. So the violas are often playing in in uh, in two independent parts. Mm -hmm. So the whole sound of the work has um, a particular kind of richness, and in the slow movement, a particular kind of <laughs> this is kind of an oxymoron, but I would say a kind of luminous darkness, or mm -hmm. maybe chiaroscuro, some kind of. Mm -hmm. This uh, amazing sense of light and shadow. Though nobody can be certain, it is a widely held opinion that Mozart, eager to experiment with his own sound and enthralled with musical impressions of Paris and Mannheim, wrote the viola part of this piece for himself. Rebecca Young shared with us what we thought was an interesting, if slightly different, spin on this legend. I had just heard that he had written it, perhaps Mozart wrote it, for Michael Haydn, and I'm not sure um, I need to do some more reading on this, but apparently he, well, at least the story that I heard was that he may have written it as a, I don't say a joke, but almost, or a punishment, you know, he was teasing that it was, it's a very difficult viola part. It, of course, it's as equally difficult on the violin as it is on the viola, but viola doesn't normally play that kind of stuff. So it's a challenge and it's a thrill when you get it right. And with all of our artists on stage now, we'll hear the Sinfonia Concertante in E-flat major for violin, viola, and orchestra. Michelle Kim and Rebecca Young are the soloists. Jeffrey Kahane conducts the New York Philharmonic. <laughs> Thank you. 
That was the New York Philharmonic performing the Sinfonia Concertante in E-flat major for violin, viola, and orchestra by Mozart. Jeffrey Kahane was the conductor, and the soloists were Philharmonic musicians Michelle Kim and Rebecca Young. Assistant concertmaster Michelle Lee Kyung Kim has enjoyed a multifaceted career as an orchestra musician, soloist, chamber musician, and teacher. She studied at the University of Southern California and participated in master classes with renowned teachers and coaches such as Dorothy DeLay, Yehudi Menuhin, Pincus Zuckerman, and many others. She has appeared as a soloist with the Los Angeles Philharmonic, the Pacific Symphony, the New Jersey Symphony, and in 1999 she became first violinist of the Rossetti String Quartet. Ms. Kim joined the New York Philharmonic as assistant concertmaster in 2001, and since 1996, she has also served on the music faculty of her alma mater in California. Associate Principal Viola Rebecca Young received her musical training at the Juilliard School and joined the New York Philharmonic in 1986 as its youngest member. Just five years later, she became Associate Principal Viola. After spending the 1992-93 season as Principal Viola at the Boston Symphony Orchestra, she decided to return to the Philharmonic the following year, picking up where she had left off. Something special occurred in the 1999 season when Tamako Mazur, a former violist and wife of music director Emeritus Court Mazur, commissioned a work from Sofia Gubaidulina. Rebecca Young and her colleague Cynthia Phelps, principal viola, performed the world premiere of Two Paths, music for two solo violas and symphony orchestra. And applause now for the Los Angeles-born pianist and conductor Jeffrey Kahane. In addition to his frequent engagements as a guest soloist and conductor, Mr. Kahane serves as music director of the Santa Rosa Symphony the Los Angeles Chamber Orchestra, and the Colorado Symphony Orchestra. Mr. Kahane speaks with passion about commitment to music and about the involvement of audiences when they come to the concert hall. We have become so much a spectator society, he says, so much a passive society in so many ways. Classical music offers people a chance to engage with the greatest minds and spirits in history. Here he is with a final thought he shared with our producer, Mark Travis. Certainly the opportunity, if, if one actually tunes oneself in or attunes oneself to the level of subtlety um, that Mozart attains in his concert works, especially, I mean, we all know that, that it's in his operas that, that he is most himself, but works mm -hmm. like the concerti, the, the, all the concerti, but especially the piano concerti, um, are really operas without words, and, they, and uh, if we engage them at that level, they're simply endlessly fascinating and, and both entertaining and, and um, uplifting and moving at the same time. The Los Angeles Times has called Mr. Kahane versatile in styles, superior in technique, unlimited in horizons. And the San Diego Union Tribune wrote, Kahane's playing is incisive yet sensitive, with pearly, polished tones.
Credit Suisse is the exclusive tour sponsor of the New York Philharmonic. The New York Philharmonic this week is generously underwritten by the Kaplan Brothers Fund, the Audrey Love Charitable Foundation, the Philharmonic's corporate sponsor, MetLife Foundation, and by an award from the National Endowment for the Arts on the web at arts.gov. Vince Ford is the executive producer of this series. The music producer is Lawrence Rock. The broadcasts are written and produced by Mark Travis with assistance from Ian Riley, Sarah Zwinklis, and Paloma Orozco. And for now, until next time, this is Alec Baldwin wishing you good health and good music. This is the WFMT Radio Network. Thank you.